Hello listeners, welcome back to the Founders Club podcast, episode 30. In this episode, my guest is Vivica Varosen, co-founder of Vengrazo, the largest provider of full-spectrum modern digital sales transformation solutions. Known as the LinkedIn expert, she's an author of the best-selling LinkedIn Marketing in Our Day and LinkedIn 101 Ways to Rock Your Personal Brand. Moreover, Vivica has been named in Forbes as a top social media expert and she's also a regular contributor but also she's been featured in BuzzFeed, Inc, CNN, Entrepreneur, Selling Power and the Social Media Examiner. So please do enjoy this podcast and if you enjoy it, please subscribe. Thank you. So, we are live. Vivica, welcome to the Founders Club podcast. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. All right. I was, look for, I was looking forward to have you on. I've discovered your profile, I would say, five weeks ago, something like that. I saw someone uh, commented on one of your posts. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting profile. I want to learn. I have to, ha- I have, to have this expert on my podcast. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we made it work. Uh, yeah, and talk about LinkedIn. But before going in there, I want to start, I want to do two step backwards and start sure. and talk a little bit with and uh, know more about your origin story of being an entrepreneur. Why I'm asking these questions? Because I went on your LinkedIn profile and I <laughs> tried to see a bit of your experience, which, which companies you worked or what startups yeah. you started. And there are so many. I was like, wow, I'm super <laughs> I'm a little bit of a serial entrepreneur for sure. Yeah. And I guess I'll learn a lot. So let's start from there. How did you, what's the origin story of you being a serial entrepreneur and so on and so forth? Yeah. So I'll start way back about 20 years ago, I moved to Colorado and I actually thought I had a position because I'd never not gotten a job I applied for. And, um, And I thought that meant I had a place to live and everything was good. And then what happened was I got there and I didn't have one of the qualifications that they needed. So basically all of a sudden I was in a new state, no job, no no place to live. And as I was driving down, um, it was in, in Estes Park, as I was driving down the mountain, my car died. And so I, my car literally limped into a Chrysler dealership. And while I had been a serial entrepreneur up until that point, just owning my own businesses, um, I didn't have anything. And so I, uh, they gave me, they sold me, this is like 2000. So, you know, 2001. So this is, this is before uh, the crash. So they sold me a car the guy who sold me a car gave me um, a room to rent at his house and then they gave me a job so i ended up selling cars which is a little bit of a a, you know a a hard left from what i would plant was planning on doing so i ended up selling cars for about four years because the money was good and that helped to brush up my sales and then after about four years i realized just hated it. I hated the cold calling. I hated the lying. I just I did not like car sales. 
And so um, I was uh, headhunted to work at a, um, a startup, a co-share space. Well, now they call them co-share space, an executive office. So I, I managed and um, owned a portion of it, managed and ran it. And it was during that time that I discovered I'm also not a good manager of people. So discovered two things about myself, hate cold calling, don't like managing people. But what I did discover was I loved, as I knew from previous jobs, I loved the marketing part of, um, of, of running a small business. And so one of the things that I would do is bring in people to network because we had a lot of small business owners there. So I would bring in folks to, to network and one of the people I brought in um, started talking about Web 2.0 and how it was so cool that the web interacted now that it wasn't just a, you know just a brochure online. So that tells you how long ago that was. That was 2005. And then um, at the very end, she mentioned this thing called LinkedIn. And I thought, oh man, because there was a virtual element to our business, of course. So I thought, man, there's 7 million people on LinkedIn. If I could get just a fraction of those 7 million people, I would have like an amazing business. Um, that didn't happen. But what I did do was I dove you know, head first into LinkedIn. I learned everything I could. I made friends with the two people who were talking and writing about LinkedIn at the time. And um, in another couple of years, I was, thank goodness, able to quit my day job and start my company LinkedIn to business, which I had for the next 10 years, at which point I got really tired of LinkedIn. <laughs> I was just so <laughs> over it. I was like done. And um I was actually looking at, at going off into another direction. I was just like, oh my God, I cannot do one more LinkedIn profile. Right. And one of my competitors reached out to me and said, hey, um, I see that you know, you're, you're, you've got a big name on LinkedIn, namely because I got the Twitter and LinkedIn handle LinkedIn expert. Um, and I'm thinking about joining or creating this like Uber company of some of the top LinkedIn influencers in the world. Would you like to be part of it? And so that was about three years ago and uh, almost four years ago. And we created Vengresso, which is our new company. Um, so I've been doing that for four years, which is LinkedIn and it is LinkedIn training, but. Full circle, you went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad I, I'm glad I stayed, but you know, working with three other people and getting that mind share and getting a different um, buyer persona than I was used to working with and taking on a different, a uh, couple different positions you know, it was new and exciting enough to keep going in the LinkedIn direction. So here I am still still teaching and training on LinkedIn. <laughs> that sounds so interesting. And as you mentioned, you had a lot of discoveries of things that you uh, didn't want to do. And yeah. uh, like, for instance, you mentioned doing selling cars, doing cold yeah. calls. And many people, I guess, uh, at, when they're younger, they're going through this uh, discovery of, what I really like, what I want to do, and yeah. how I can bring value. So having those, uh, finding that sweet spot of, uh, of what I want to do in this world and how I can provide value, it's hard. And I wanted yeah. to ask, during this journey, did you have some mentors, some coaches who kind of help you to pave the way and uh, giving you more insight of, guiding you through understanding what do you are what you do do you want and what are you good at yeah yeah absolutely so two of the people um that at the very beginning so there was scott allen 
um, the, the, I think the virtual handshake was his book. And then there was um, uh, Jason Alba, I'm on LinkedIn, now what? And I couldn't believe it. I reached out to both of them. Uh, Scott took a while to warm up to me, but Jason was so open and generous. And so um, he's definitely a mentor. He actually wrote the forward for one of, uh, for one of my books. And then the other person, um, I remember being on Twitter. I remember this so clearly. I was sitting in my office, like hating life, really wanting to start, you know, my social media. Well, we didn't even call it. We called it new media at the time, but mm -hmm. start this new career. And I, I was on Twitter and I was like, I wonder if Bob Berg is on social and um, just love, you know, Bob Berg had always even before social media, I was sharing his books, um, endless referrals the go-giver, go-giver, sell more. Well, that came later, but I loved, loved, loved Bob Berg. The idea of all things being equal, people do business with people and refer people they know, like, and trust. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if this guy, Bob Berg is on, on social. And a friend of mine, uh, well, now a friend of mine um, said, yes, he is. And this is his Twitter handle. And he actually DM'd me right away and said, hey, um, you know, nice to meet you. How can I help you? And so I actually interviewed him. And this is again, 2007. Uh, so I, I interviewed him and he invited me down to his conference where I met Mari Smith, where I met, you know, uh, Trey Pennington, who's no longer with us, but Rebel Brown. So I met some of the initial leaders of this whole social media movement. Um, and, and that, that, was the beginning of it for me. So yeah, having mentors like Bob and Rebel and Jason um, was really important to just starting out as an entrepreneur, especially in this space that no one really knew anything about. It That's was practically free so right. Facebook, you know? <laughs> right. That's so interesting. And I'm not, I'm not sure if this is a coincidence, but Bob Berg and the book you mentioned, Endless Referral, yeah. Honestly, I've read that book, I think, in July of this year. I'm yeah, not sure if it is this book, but it sounds very familiar yeah. with the book I've, I've read and the title is very similar. Is it yeah. the one that he uh, gives like a blueprint of how to, I remember one lesson is like you have to write a letter of like uh, and send to people who you network with so they can remember and put in the letter like your picture and provide. Is it that? Yeah. And of course, you know, he wrote, yes, when I, I'm sure that's the same one. And, you know, you have to understand he wrote endless referrals, I think back in 1998. Yes, exactly. Um, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's still to say we have CRMs now and we don't need to, but. But yeah, and you know, the thing about Bob, first of all, he's such a genuine person, um, but he remembers people. And it's amazing if you ever go to see him speak, he will learn the people's name in the entire audience, whether it's 20 people or 500, and he'll give his talk. And then at the end of his talk, he'll actually, you know, he'll be able to name anyone in the audience who raises their hand. I mean, wow. it is nuts. So he really does understand the importance of listening, the importance of absorbing. Um, yeah, he's just, he's a great guy. That's such a super uh, good way to actually engage with the people and actually connect with them, uh, remembering their names. I'm wondering- Yeah, it's a good thing, right? <laughs> how he does that. <laughs> no. 
I, it's great. It's, it's a monomic thing he does. And I think he uses, um, what do they call it? The, the something castle, the memory castle. I think he uses the memory castle, but nonetheless, it's amazing to watch. Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, okay. So beside this uh, segue we had, let's go yeah. back to <laughs> beside this network, <laughs> which we'll yeah. do later on and talk more about Bob. Uh, I want to go back to LinkedIn and you mentioned yeah. how you uh, end up uh, working on LinkedIn and starting a yeah. business on LinkedIn and become later on uh, an expert in yeah. uh, leveraging uh, LinkedIn. So that was not much, well, to some degree, maybe a coincidence, but knowing that, oh, I like to connect people, I like yeah. to provide value and this is really important. And I, I, I want to ask you for people who are listening, yeah. um, why should they use LinkedIn? And I, I think we should start maybe uh, with who, first of all, and uh, yeah. then we can address the why. Yeah, it's, you know, certainly if you've got a B2B audience, LinkedIn is great because that's where your people are hanging out. Um, which is not to say it can't work for B2C either. We had a great B2C custom, um, client. They were a, a, a boutique clothes, clothier called Dom James. And, you know, so it was, it was consumer selling. They were selling clothing, um, but their audience were B2B professionals. And so mm -hmm. it still made sense for them as a B2C to be on LinkedIn. So it, it really depends who your audience is. And if your audience is, B2B focused, um, it's a great place to be. And, you know, government focused, nonprofit, all of that, there's definitely an audience waiting for you on LinkedIn. And I think one of the reasons, well, there's, I'll be honest with you, the, one of the reasons I, I started doing it was because there were no other social media sites at the time. I mean, it was before Facebook and before Twitter. So that's one of the reasons I started yeah. doing Many it. Many people don't know that actually LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn was came first. before uh, yeah. Facebook. Many people think, oh, Facebook, it's actually yeah. uh, older, but no, it's uh, Facebook is younger. Link, yes. LinkedIn, it's, it's older. Uh, older. And the, the difference is that the growth that LinkedIn yeah. had is totally different uh, yeah. of what Facebook uh, had. Anyway, well, sorry and that's, that was the second reason. You know, LinkedIn made sense once the other social media networks started popping up. LinkedIn made more sense to my audience, which was BB. So it, you know, the, the whole networking, um, back then it was really just a Rolodex on steroids. So that made sense to my audience. Whereas a lot of them were like, what is this Facebook thing? What is this Twitter thing? And so that, you know, that was another reason. The third reason was because at that time, LinkedIn was text only, you know, there was no background image. There was no video. You could barely upload an image. I mean, it was very, very text-based and I'm graphically impaired. So I liked that. <laughs> Have you tried to organize some events via LinkedIn uh, during those days? And what was it like at the time? Because now it's more easy. It's way easier than before. Oh, it's way easier. Yeah, I did a couple events. The problem was, you know, pre the first round of events was pre 2012, I think. And so there just weren't as many people on it. And there and certainly um, for live events, there weren't as many locals using it. So I didn't have 
I had okay success, but I would never rely on just using LinkedIn events to, to right. feed my audience. Of course, now we've got LinkedIn Live, LinkedIn events, stories, you know, native right. video. We've got all of these. And thankfully, now I have a whole marketing team that can make me look good, Eases like this work. background image, because right. <laughs> I couldn't do that myself. By the way, it looks amazing. Oh, thank you. And That's Brian. Uh, He's right. So we addressed to some degree who should use uh, LinkedIn. So we said people who are in B2B and also people who are most probably in B2C in some use cases. Um, if I had to add in, if you're in B2C and you're listening to this, if I, and I had to add my own experience, when we start, when I started, when I joined my company, Google.ai, first yeah. we were a B2C company. So we are yeah. targeting professionals in right. Shanghai, foreign professionals working in Shanghai who wanted to learn Mandarin at the time. And uh, yeah. we got pretty good success with that. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But they were still professionals. So yes, exactly. So even though exactly. you were a B2C exactly. company. It's and, a and the thing, audience. The thing, yeah. and the thing about uh, LinkedIn, it's what it was the only platform that worked really well in China, because yes, otherwise I'm right. blocked. You know. Yeah, so exactly. how do the question for us? How do we find other expat, other other expat professionals yeah. in Shanghai? And LinkedIn was uh, was the go-to platform for us at the time. Yeah, yeah. And what's cool is you can with the premium account sales navigator there's there's better search fields so you really could you you know you could search on expat and then sort by shanghai but of course a person has to say they're an expat but knowing expats and what they do and the technologies they use you know by using sales navigator you can really hone in and, and find those individuals. It's, it's yeah. pretty impressive. For us, it was pretty easy because uh, the name was most of the time uh, like a foreign name. Yeah. So you yeah, can yeah. do a search very, very easily and you can see that by the geolocalization. So the city yeah. Shanghai and you can identify really easily. And that was yeah. even without uh, having a premium account. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. If you take, want to take the time to scroll through, it's pretty, yeah, it's yeah. pretty obvious to see someone who's not Chinese. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and let's address a little bit um, the why. So let's say I'm a professional. Uh, I have a B2B platform. Why LinkedIn? Why not something else? Well, two reasons. Number one, it helps you to create your brand, which creates more credibility. Um, and that's part of the, you know, that's the, the KLT, that's part of that no like and trust factor. So you've got to create that brand so people even know who they're talking to, especially now when there's so much falsity out there. And then the other thing is, of course, is the talking to. It helps you to create more conversations. I mean, that that's what it comes down to. Not just, ooh, I'm going to connect to 30,000 people, but of those 30,000, who can I actually start having conversations with. And I think one of the, those are the two main reasons to use LinkedIn. And those are probably the two places where link, where people fail, right? They don't have a profile at all, or it just looks like a resume. Maybe they don't have their picture up. You know, they don't, they're not speaking to their audience and what they can do for their audience. They're just talking about themselves, you know, uh, expert with 15 years in the field, quota crushing sales right. guy, member of president's club. 
someone who's going to buy from you doesn't care about any of that. They want to know how you can help them. So that's, that's the number one big fail. And then the second thing is like in real life, you would never run up to someone, shove your business card in their face, tell them they suck and that they should hire you. And yet I can't tell you how many people invite me to connect, you know, telling me that they can help me increase, you know, create a better brand on LinkedIn. I'm like, dude, you're using the book that I wrote, like read a profile once in a while, or let us, you know, we can get leads for you. Um, you know that that's what we do, right? You know, so people, they don't take the time to look at their network, to see who they're actually inviting to connect and just create a real conversation by offering value before they ever ask for something in return. Yeah. And having a optimized profile, which is a digital business card basically a detailed digital business card and most of the people when they go they should right away know how you can help them to with their problems in case you provide the server or something so uh, so to go more in detail uh, when it comes to the who um, one of the things I am I'm in doing maybe you uh, tell me more about that or uh, say no you're doing wrong it's uh, at edugo for instance i i try to push the whole team so we create the whole team starting from the ceo yes. then going to the business development sales yeah. even the designers and the Absolutely. developers we, we all optimized the whole team profile yes. so it's a small team it's around 12 people team but the whole team, if someone, a customer, a school manager goes on one of the team profiles, we, they know right away what that member of the team does and what kind of value uh, we provide as a company. And, exactly. And because that's what- you, you know, you never know when someone's doing a search on your company on LinkedIn, it's not gonna serve up the best profiles first. It's gonna serve up the people that you have the closest relationship to. So you know, if your if your designers don't have a good profile, if your um, back end people don't have a good profile and it shows up, it hurts your brand. So you're 100 percent right when you're when you're creating a brand for a company, we'll we'll do companies of like you said, I'm, I'm doing a training on Friday for eight people. Um, but then we also, you know, we've got a new company that we signed. We're running 900 people through our program. So it's, it, you know, whether you're eight or 900, you need to make sure that all of your employees are representing your company in the right way. And 100% to have a template that at least gives them a starting point. Right. So that's what something of uh, things that uh, we did, uh, but I don't see many companies doing that. So no. if I go to a company randomly and I see their employees, yep. they don't, they have an asset that they sleep upon yeah. and they don't utilize it. And it's like, oh, wow, there's so much potential in there and oh, yeah. they're not leveraging it. We'll, we'll, we'll have a job for as long as we want it because, you know, and it's funny, we'll, we'll, we, we walk our talk. So we, we do our prospecting on LinkedIn. We do our outreach on LinkedIn and we'll reach out to these big companies that don't have a good presence and say, you know, have you considered? Um, and they'll be like, oh, we're excellent at social selling. You know, we're known for being good social sellers. And at that point, we'll just 
do a search online with them right there, pull up the first three profiles, and we can say, really? You think you've got a good brand, you know? And that is, I think, a good, strong brand is the first step in being a successful social seller. Right. So uh, you mentioned social selling and social seller. So let's talk a little bit about, about that. And how do you engage on LinkedIn uh, with your audience that you try to build? So I guess to some degree, this is through the content that you create. So let's talk, let's talk about social selling, mm -hmm. uh, about content strategy. So what works and what doesn't? especially given yeah. now the current algorithm where the engagement yeah. kind of went a little bit down. It's and more dwell time. Have yeah. we like missed that wind of opportunity where we still can reach decision makers organically and capitalize on those opportunities given the changes that uh, uh, LinkedIn did on its algorithm? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's two there's two legs to being successful with content on LinkedIn. There's probably more, but the two that I'm going to focus on because we've two got columns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one thing is you got you got to put the content out there, and a lot of people feel like, well, no one likes my stuff, no one engages on my stuff. But the fact is, they're still seeing it. My friend Laura Burgels, who's another LinkedIn Learning author. She said, you know, 100% of her clients come from LinkedIn and they never engage upon her, her content. Other people do, but the people she actually ends up working with um, don't engage in her content, but they're absolutely seeing it. So the first mistake people make is thinking, well, no one's liking or commenting on my stuff, so I'm gonna stop putting it out there. But right. if you stop putting it out there, you stop staying top of mind because you just never right. know. We have another client followed us for 27 months before finally reaching out. So you just never know when the right piece of content is gonna land on a person's timeline at the right, right time. So that's number one. Number two is you've gotta be thoughtful both in the, the content that you share, but you also have to be thoughtful in the engagement in the, um, in the discussions if you do get engagement, because a lot of people, you know, they'll use an auto, which is fine. We use everyone's social. So they'll use an automation tool, you know, an automated scheduling tool. They'll, they'll put their content out there, but then they won't look at the notifications. And the whole point of sharing content is to build that KLT factor, but also to start conversations. And if they would just take the time to look at their own engagement, they would see prospects liking their content. They would see prospects responding to polls. They would see prospects commenting, which is a perfect opportunity then to reach out to that prospect and start a conversation and invite them to connect because they already know you. And chances are, if they commented on your stuff, they like you a little bit, maybe even trust you enough to accept your invitation and have a phone call. And then the other thing that people really miss out on is other people's content. So if you've got a prospect who's active on LinkedIn, which, you know, probably 20 to 30% of your, your prospects are going to be active on LinkedIn, unless you're, you're buyer persona is marketers, and then it'll be hundred percent. But if you're, if your prospect is actually active on LinkedIn, you can engage on their timelines, create top of mind awareness, because they'll start seeing you commenting mentioning right. sharing their stuff so then again when you send an invitation to connect they're a lot more likely to accept it and i will tell you right now we call it the social surround 
So when one of our salespeople finds a prospect and wants to start connecting with them and get a meeting with them, he will, or she, but right now we only have male salespeople, but we're looking for female salespeople. If you're, if you're looking for a sales job, uh, <laughs> um, we'll share the link to their comment with the rest of the team. We'll all jump on, you know, like their response to the comment, start engaging. And it really builds a huge awareness around not only our brand, but around the individual starting to, um, to, to create those conversations. And it's really, really powerful. Okay, so I think there is several messages uh, there uh, that yeah. I want to add some value to what yeah. you said. So one thing you mentioned, um, the engagement. So people yeah. get scared when they see a decrease of engagement, meaning likes and comments. But there is this very uh, subtle thing, which is called organic reach. And there is like every post, you can see the visualization, the number of visualization. Yeah. And what uh, what I do and what I suggest also to people do to actually click on that button over there, yes. very small, and a, a window will pop up. And you have there all the companies, yeah. all the people with the different positions and so on and so forth. Yeah. So if you take one of those companies and you search it on LinkedIn and then you you go and see who are the connections who work for that company with, uh, within your network and say, hey, I saw that, I noticed that you can send a message and say, hey, I yeah. noticed that somebody within your company, a colleague of you uh, engaged or watched this content and you take the link and you send the same content to that yeah. person. So that's another way to I give value that. because if someone from that company and you don't know who exactly watched your content, but haven't engaged, you can actually start the conversation having the, having the excuse of saying, hey, someone actually uh, watched my content, even though you engaged, I thought it could be valuable for you as well. And that's exactly. one way to kick that conversation and give value. Which is so cool because then at least it's the multi-threaded approach, right? Because then, you know, at least two people saw it. And the nice thing about sharing content is if two people saw and liked it or five people or 10 people, because like you said, you can see how many people at, at the bigger companies are looking at your content or not just bigger com companies, but you can see that the people, that means that five, seven, 42 people have name recognition of you and your company. So if you've got a point of contact or a connection there, you can yeah. pull that in to the conversations like, exactly. look, 52 people at your company are interested in what I'm talking about. How can I help you? Like, how can we take <laughs> the next exactly. step? Exactly. <laughs> That's a good uh, kickstart. And another yeah. element, uh, you mentioned that. Uh, like, even though they don't engage, you stay on top of the mind of those people. I remember uh, I can just draw a, a case from my own experience with yeah. one, one lead that we closed this year. And would, that was a lot of revenues for us. Yeah. So that, that person, that decision makers, the decision maker, he never liked my comment. Right. But he always, uh, when we connected, he always uh, will visit my profiles. Once in a while, yeah. I will share some content, you know? And one day I was like, okay, he's already in my connection. He He's yeah. kind of the decision maker I want to reach to. Let me just uh, send him a message. Uh, hey, uh, XYZ, uh, thanks for connecting. Hope you are doing well. 
And the reply, surprisingly, I got, hey, Giorgio, uh, thanks for writing me. He wrote me a paragraph and saying, um, see that wow. you guys are doing some uh, interesting uh, stuff. Why don't we have a call and talk more about what you guys did do? And that was yeah. like a kickstart where he invited me in. Yes. I just sent a message like, hey, thanks for connecting. Hope you are doing well and stuff like that. And he actually, by sowing my my content and his feed over and over again, over time yes. uh, and invited me, mind. exactly top of the mind, invited me in to have a conversation, which yeah. led to a, a close deal and a lot of revenue it was a big client for us, a lot of revenue yeah. for the company. And it's, it's, it's not something that you can measure all the time. It's not, but it increases the odds. You cannot measure yeah. how and how many people you are on top of the mind, right? But yeah. you are, you are definitely are. You can see some metrics like engagement, which yeah. companies. So, and, and it, it's doable. Don't be discouraged. Don't panic. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah, no, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because, yeah, who's viewed your profile? A lot of people ignore it. Um, that's probably one of the main reasons to get a premium account on LinkedIn so that you can see everyone who's viewed your profile yes. if you don't want to stay on it every day. But when we run, these big companies through our, our training program, um, we have success stories. And so we really try to pull, you know, little successes, big successes. You know, we've had everything from, hey, yay, more people viewed my profile to, you know, closed a $150,000 deal. So it, it helps us to measure um, the success, uh, obviously, of our training. But to your point, almost every success story starts either from someone who viewed their profile who used to be an old colleague you know um right. an old right or or friend or or a prospect and then taking it to the next level and so that's i'm glad you brought that up because it is such an important feature and you know it's really weird i'll get people who go well that's creepy i don't want people to know that i know that they viewed my profile and i'm thinking that's so 1990s right <laughs> yeah we are we are living in this social uh, world that uh, you cannot hide anymore so if you no. obviously hopefully you don't have nothing to hide so first of all right exactly <laughs> If you do, there's security settings for that. Yeah. If you, if you have something to hide, maybe the LinkedIn is not the place you should be. No. Maybe the jail so, so is the place you should be. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Mimo, or what's the new one? Parlay. You can be in Parlay or Mimo or Mias or Miwi or whatever it's called. Exactly. And talking <laughs> about uh, content and, and LinkedIn, obviously there is a lot of type of content you can yeah. uh, post. So it goes from uh, an article, a text, a text plus a picture, and there is a variety you can experience yeah. with. Uh, but one thing that is not available to uh, all the users and it's available to only a few users, it's yeah. LinkedIn Live. And I noticed Live. you are using it a lot. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about a little bit about that feature. First of all, how do you get access? Who does it? What is there like a guide? Because I tried to apply yeah, it several yeah. times and Just I didn't I didn't get it. So yeah, let's talk a little bit the ROI so as some, well of doing that. Yeah, some tips around that. Um, so first of all, to to find the application for LinkedIn Live, just like literally Google how do I apply for LinkedIn Live? And it'll take you to the LinkedIn help article that has the application inside it. So that's number one. 
Number two, apply for yourself personally. Don't apply for your company. I've only seen like the, the major corporations have LinkedIn Live. I haven't seen smaller companies with LinkedIn Live yet. So, you know, apply in your own name. Don't apply in your company's name, even though you can, you know, apply for either or. Mm -hmm. um, if you've got live demonstrations, like maybe you do Facebook Live, you do podcast interviews, definitely share those links, anything that you're already doing live, especially if you're using third-party tools, um, which you can see just by the, the way the live looks. So if you're using like StreamYard or Restream or any of the other live streaming tools with your say Facebook show or your Instagram show, definitely add those links. Do not talk about LinkedIn. That was, that was my, I got refused too, by the way, six times, six or oh, eight wow. times. Yeah, I yeah. Got so refused, I got refused too. I got refused Just like two. three, no, maybe three. I applied like a week ago. So the third time I still good, haven't gotten a reply. So see, yeah, yeah. to go. <laughs> so that's, so that was going to be my next tip is keep applying, like just drive them nuts, apply as soon as you get the rejection, apply again, get a rejection, oh, okay. apply again. I kind of give um, up I, after the third one. I was about, I'm going to give up on it, but actually. No, don't, don't keep going. Um, my friend Bernadette McClellan, she applied eight times and got it on the ninth time. My other friend Kate applied five times, got it on the sixth time. I think the only reason I got it was because I'm a LinkedIn learning author and I literally needed to have it for my course. <laughs> Yes, actually, I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about that uh, later on. So are, are there like some other, um, what are the metrics that uh, they look at in order to allow you to stream live on LinkedIn? Do you have any clue about that? I have not a clue. Yeah, not a clue. My friend um, uh, did, Dave actually did the LinkedIn learning course on LinkedIn Live and he doesn't know either. Oh, wow. So it's, so the, honestly, I think it's their friends. They give it to their friends. Oh wow, it's interesting. So it's it's not do you even don't care about how uh, many connections you have? No. Not 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 even that. No, oh, wow, that's not interesting. even a little bit. We yeah, have it's... to demystify this uh, arcana and find I out. No, I don't. What they're doing? It is. It's a big secret, and they'll take it away from you if you don't use it. So another friend of mine um, got it early and used it like two or three times, and then got busy with life and uh they took it away from her oh wow so, you so can if you lose. got it use it is it going to become if you have any knowledge about that is it going to become uh, like a mainstream future or not anytime soon i would guess it's either going to become mainstream or, or or part of their um premium accounts i i would guess mainstream be and only because anything they've ever beta tested and you know that you had to apply for like articles Remember when articles first came out, you had- to No, I don't remember them. actually about that. I didn't use yeah. LinkedIn at the time, honestly. 2014. So um, yeah, you no. had to apply for it. And then they only gave it to a few people. And then we all used it. And we all got like 100,000 views every article we put out. And wow. then they opened it up to everybody. And now I could have cool. the best article in the world and I'll get like five views. I mean, <laughs> it's obviously not it's a, a shame. big part of their algorithm anymore. Right, such a shame. Me too. I experienced yeah, the yeah. same pain with the articles. It was such a great, but they've got subscriptions now. But also, that's another thing you have to 
I don't even think you can apply for it. I don't even know how you get subscriptions. So I think I think you get like um, invited to yeah, uh, to yeah. By, by LinkedIn to be to yeah. create your own. Um, what is it called? Uh, that feature newsletter. Newsletter, perfect. Yeah, yeah, newsletter, and then you get you can get subscribers, which I think is like oh my god. But yeah, I don't have that either. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, let's let's talk about uh, engagement. What is it? The engagement, I guess, is one of those. Uh, content strategy that you can use uh, in your in your overall strategy to drive engagement i guess how how does it work right now in terms of roi engagement and so on and so forth yeah well the algorithms now on dwell time so you need to get people to sit on your post as long as possible basically and um, the more people who sit on your post and actually read it the more likely they are to promote it so just sharing a link is unlikely to get, a, you know, any, any just link you share without building up to it, without um, putting information in that discussion area or in the information area. Um, that's, you know, it's, it's unlikely you're going to get much visibility with that. So you want, you want it to be sticky. Um, you've got 1200 characters uh, in, in the little discussion area uh, before you share your asset, whatever your asset is, it's native video link podcast, um, documents, you know, whatever it is, a um, poll. Um, so take the time to kind of address your buyer, let them know why they should be reading the article, clicking through, listening to the podcast, you know, paying attention right. to the video, um, describe the asset so that they actually can go, okay, that looks like something I want to do. Um, at mention relevant companies or even individuals in it, use your hashtags in order to potentially get promoted into the different hashtag streams and use emojis because that gets the, the 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 human eye and another little ninja trick um, is add a gif so you add your gif and then you add your link later because the gif will show up um, in the in the activity feed as well as just in the article itself so that movement catches the human eye so definitely those things no matter what type of update you're sharing will help a little bit with dwell time and then the other thing you mentioned earlier is if you can get your colleagues um to to share that content too then linkedin will go okay more people are looking at it more people are spending time on it so we'll promote it to a bigger audience sounds great i will keep in my endeavor on applying to get the linkedin live yeah. Unless I have only 8K uh, followers, I hope they will. <laughs> that It really doesn't matter how many followers you have. I have friends who have 1,500 followers who got it. So uh, for people who uh, don't have LinkedIn Live as a feature, what is the current uh, type of content that the algorithm uh, responds to really well, beside obviously the dwell time that people have to yeah. more more time to spend whatever's on new <laughs> it likes its new toys right so um not that not that polls are you know polls are what like six seven months old now but they're relatively new for linkedin so anytime you do a poll you're probably going to get more visibility anytime you upload a document like a powerpoint or a pdf it tends to get a little bit more visibility not as much as it was at the beginning stories the the cool thing about stories which I'm, I'm a little torn on stories on LinkedIn, um, but you see everyone, you're able to see everyone who's, who looks at your story and if they engage with you 
it goes right into your messaging. And so you can start a conversation with someone who you're not connected with, who's engaged with your story. So it's something to consider. They are a lot of work, a lot of work, if you're going to do them well. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know what the payoff is necessarily, but it is a good way to start a conversation. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. I'm experimenting with stories, but not fully, such as um, viewing people who uh, yeah. saw my story, but I don't actually thought about actually sending them a direct message, say, hey, thank yeah. you for looking at this story. Sounds a bit creepy because it reminds me of Instagram. <laughs> I don't send to anybody. I, it is very, it's like Instagram with all the cool toys. Yeah, I, I don't send to anybody like messages because they viewed my story on Instagram. Maybe they happen there by, by you know, by by. by well, stuff, they have by to fake. click on it. They have to actually click on it, right? It's not like it just showed up in the timeline. They actually have to click on it. So, it's yeah, yeah, they have to click on it, but it's like all the other stories around. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It, it, they might have just yeah, they might have been at the end of a reel. That's true. <laughs> right. So you are like yeah, one yeah. from of many that happens yeah. to be in a network. So I don't know how, yeah, but hopefully why not experiment? That's yeah. why you are, we are here for. Exactly. If you have like all that extra time on your hands. Right. So um, another point I want to address is uh, yeah. content, obviously it's king, but connections are queen. So yeah. having the right connections to engage with, building that uh network that stellar network yeah. that will later yeah. engage with your content or will yeah. your content will be efficient and effective in addressing to to build obviously um a base of customers it's really important so what is a good connection strategy if you have any because i am sure you do because i saw you have like 44k <laughs> followers so uh let's talk about that yeah um there's a couple of different things. Um, first of all, they they you top out at thirty thousand. You cannot get any more. Uh, you 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 have to start deleting people, calling your network in order to get um, to keep accepting invitations or sending invitations. So more is not necessarily better. As well, because of dwell time and because of the algorithm, you know the higher I'd rather have a higher quality smaller network than a big network of a bunch of people who don't even know who I am. So, you know, LinkedIn says only connect to people you know. I, I say only connect to people you should know. That being said, one of the most effective um, strategies for getting people to accept your invitation well, there's three. Um, we already mentioned one of them. If they've already engaged on your content and they're a good prospect for you, use that as an opportunity to invite them to connect because they already know you. So that's a lot higher likelihood that they'll accept. You always obviously want it to personalize the invitation. Um, having said that, you don't want to personalize the invitation with, hey, I want to sell you something, let's connect. And I don't think anyone would actually say, hey, I want to sell you something, but I think we can all look at our inbox and see how an invitation to connect is almost always a sales message. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, bring up something that you have in common. Like I saw you read my article. Um, I noticed that we went to the same school. Do you remember this person? Right. You know, I love the article you shared the other day about this. Hey, I noticed that you said this in your profile. Can you tell me more about that? And would you be willing to connect? So you when you invite someone to connect we call it the pvc method so you want to personalize it you want to add value or at least 
be of value and show the person that you're not using like just blanket automation and then a call to action, which is, would you be willing to connect? And then the third thing that we do, which has an, an it's more time consuming, but we have a really, really high success rate is we have what we call our two-step um, uh, referral methodology, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, with Bob Berg before. Um, and it's just, I don't know if you've ever received this, but Hey, Giorgio, I noticed you're connected to a lot of recruiters. Can you introduce me to some of them? Right? Oh, wow. uh, yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't. I haven't yet. You haven't? Oh, my God, I get it all the time. And I'm like, um, no. You, what, you're going to make me do all the work? <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. no, who, yeah. which, right? Which, oh, my screen all blurred out here for a second. Um, you know, which, which recruiters do you want me to do that? <laughs> There we go. Which recruiters do you want me to introduce you to? And I don't even know them, so no. Like I just ignore those. However, our two-step referral methodology, we have you look at your prospect. So you know who, not just some recruiter somewhere, you know the individual that you wanna be introduced to, grab their link, look and see who you have in common, reach out to three, four, five of those people you have in common, the people you know best, and say, hey, would you be willing to introduce me to Giorgio? Um, here's his URL. And they'll say yes or no. And then when they say yes, you choose your best yes. So maybe I get three yeses and two no's. Well, of the three yeses, I feel like I know, let's see, who do we have in common? Oh, Marcus Sheridan. I know Marcus Sheridan the best. So I'm gonna say, hey, Marcus, thanks so much for agreeing to introduce me to Giorgio. Um, I really appreciate it. I wanted to make life easy for you. So I wrote the introduction for you. Um, you know, feel free to, to change it however you want. But when you send it to Giorgio, will you just CC me in the message? And, you know, feel free to send it via email. Here's my email address. Or if you want to send it on LinkedIn messaging, that's probably easiest. Um, you know, here's the message. And I literally write it. So it would say, um, hey, Giorgio, I wanted to meet you, meet my friend Vivica. She's does blah, 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 blah. We used her in our company and we got these results. Um, it's probably worth spending, you know, a couple minutes with her. Have a great day, Marcus. And then he would just copy, paste, boom, CC me. Right. And the cool thing about that is even if you never respond to me, I've been CC'd. I can, I can talk to you. But at the very least, it gives me a good opportunity to invite you to connect. All so. Right. We have, we have one client, Mike, he does this, this is all, I, I don't think he uses any of the rest of our training, but he uses this, this one strategy he has a hundred percent success rate getting connected with his, with his uh, prospects. Yeah. 100%. Such a good strategy. And also if you are the one who are connecting to people, you are providing value and people yeah. will later on reciprocate that favor. Exactly. That you yeah, I happened exactly. yesterday actually worked, for everybody. Yeah, I happened like two days ago or something like that. Um, someone of my connections that I interviewed on my podcast was looking for an expert on TikTok and to create a yep. course uh, for Udemy or some other yep. other platform. And she was like, I'm looking for an expert XYZ who knows TikTok. And then my connection, I had a colleague uh, with uh, whom I studied in university and she worked yeah. for uh, this company. Actually, I had another person that I know who works yeah. directly in US for this company. So I introduced her to 
to these new uh, connections and I put them yeah. both created a group on LinkedIn, put them both in the group. And then I also did the email. Yes. And I'm sure that this is something, this, val- this, uh, this value I provided will be reciprocated uh, soon I'll need. Perfect. Um, I want to talk as, as something about another point, which is LinkedIn learning. So many people probably don't know, especially those who didn't upgrade on LinkedIn Premium, that there is actually LinkedIn has a learning platform for paying users. And personally, I oh, yeah. did some courses there with, with very yeah. interesting experts and yeah. founded uh, the courses and the content really helpful and insightful. And you are also a LinkedIn learning author. Can you tell a little bit more how you become a LinkedIn learning author and what courses? Because I think you've published three over there already or more. I've got eight, but only two are, but I, uh, several of them have been refreshed. So there's only two that are live right now, I think. Um, so yeah, I got, I was lucky. I, when I wrote, so Wiley reached out to me to reach um, LinkedIn marketing an hour to write rather. Wiley reached out to me to write LinkedIn marketing an hour a day and uh, back in 2011. And so my editor um, for that book ended up leaving Wiley and going to what was then lynda.com. What was the book? Oh, LinkedIn marketing an hour a day. Yeah. So that was Wiley book. Like really big and no one has an hour today to spend on LinkedIn. So <laughs> I was like, really, does that have to be the title? And they said, yes, because it's a series. Um, but anyway, so Willem, Willem Neeb was my, um, was my editor f- for that book. And so when he left, when he left link, or sorry, when he left Wiley, he moved to, to lynda.com where he became a senior editor there. And they said, oh, we need a, we need a course on LinkedIn. He's like, oh, let me reach out to, you know, my, my author. So he reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to do a course for us? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And so I ended up doing three courses um, when it was lynda.com. And then, of course, Linda got acquired by LinkedIn. Yay. Uh, so then I was able to um, do another uh, four four or five courses for them as LinkedIn learning. And, and like I said, the last two, um, it's just a refresh. So B2B marketing on LinkedIn and then employee advocacy on LinkedIn or employee, um, yeah, yeah, employee advocacy on LinkedIn. So so people can find your courses, uh, the, yeah. these two courses. Just Google um, Vivica. Well, first of all, it's on my, my profile, of course. But yeah, if you just like Google Vivica Von Rosen LinkedIn learning, my courses will show up. Sounds great. Uh, Vivica, to wrap it up, uh, I have yeah. the last question. What is the impact that you want to have as an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, the, I'll answer that again in two ways. Um, Take the, your the time, power, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, you know, I, I want people to understand the power of LinkedIn because it's just, it can, it can make your business. And what's so amazing about this time that we're living in, you can have an idea and use social media, and in our case, because the the audience, LinkedIn, build your, your brand, build your credibility, start creating content, start those conversations, build your audience and sell your product and service, honestly, only spending time. Now, 
I'm a big, big fan of only doing what you do best and paying somebody else to do the rest. Right. Um, we've got a marketing department, we've got a sales department. But when I was, and even when I had linked into business, I, I had a, a couple people working for me so that I could focus. But when I was bootstrapping, when I first came up with the concept of LinkedIn to business, which was my previous company, I, I, I didn't spend much money at all in the first year and I did everything myself and I did it all through LinkedIn. So it's an awesome opportunity. If, even if you just have an idea for something and, and you want it to ferment a little bit and you wanna see if it's valid, um, you could build the presence for it on LinkedIn. So I think for entrepreneurs, it's such an, amazing place to create a new brand and a new company and a new product and a new service. And then of course, after you've done that, it's also an amazing place to claim your expertise. Like I got the Twitter handle and the LinkedIn handle and the YouTube handle and the Facebook handle LinkedIn expert before I was a LinkedIn expert, but I managed to grab that handle. But yeah, I've spent the past 15 years or so proving my level of expertise. And so becoming that influencer, becoming that go-to person, um, then, then you're remembered, then you're, re you know, you get business referred to you all the time. You get invited to do podcasts. So don't just like put your resume on LinkedIn and like think, you know, I have built it, they will come. No, you've got to work it, but it can be such an incredible tool. And so I want, I guess what I want to do is make sure that everybody knows that there is so much opportunity here both for companies or entrepreneurs who are just starting out or people who are established but want to take it to the next level. That sounds great. Vivica, and also this conversation really packed with a lot of uh, interesting insights. I personally took some notes. And awesome. Really happy and great to have you on the Founders Club podcast. Thank you so much. It's, it was a great opportunity. I appreciate it.